to the episode five of the silent majority andrew how are we doing today man pretty good pretty good welcome back thanks for listening yeah now for those of you that are listening um first we'd like to say thank you for listening but also give us the follow and download our podcast if you're listening on spotify and on anchor but now we also have a way for you guys to give us feedback and reach out to us and kind of uh, tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear. So we have an email. It is in our bio, but also will be in this episode description. It's uh, silentmajoritypod at gmail.com. So Andrew, thanks for sending that out, man. Yeah, big moves, big moves. Big moves, yeah. So now you guys can communicate with us, which is excellent. So what do we have today, Andrew? So today we're just going to be you know, talking about the general state of affairs in the U.S., you know, crazy, we're living in some crazy times, Yeah. Uh, you know, where there are a lot of like, you know, policy kind of driven debates around things like coronavirus and the state of, you know, just human rights in the United States. So we're just mm-hmm. going to delve on into some topics touching on a coronavirus and the controversy surrounding the Confederate flag now in the United States at, you know, various events and whatnot. But what, do you, what do we have in the politics side of things? You mean sports? Oh, sports things. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just uh, so excited today. So excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sports, we're talking about the NBA and their return along with the Premier League and La Liga. The main soccer uh, leagues are returning across the pond. They are returning uh, today and next week, so... Big stuff ahead, NBA and soccer day today in the sports world. Oh, heck. It's going to so be a fun one today, isn't with it? politics. Oh, for sure. So for those of you who don't know, the Confederate flag is still very much of kind of like a social kind of uh, talking point in the United States, especially in the South, uh, you know, where, you know, if we go all the way back to the Civil War, then necessarily portray the most positive image of human rights in the United States. Um, But still today it's used a lot where, you know, people, especially from the South, consider it to be, uh, you know, their own kind of representation via the means of a flag. And so one of the kind of bigger news stories that that surrounded uh, the Confederate flag in the wake of the killing of George Floyd and now, uh, you know, with the emphasis on the Black Lives Matter movement is that the Confederate flag will no longer be shown at any NASCAR races, which is kind of a big thing now because, you know, that's a huge, NASCAR is a huge thing in the South. Yeah. Now, you know, their kind of symbol isn't allowed to be portrayed at any of the races or events. I mean, this is, this is really really big because i mean for as long as i can remember i mean i'm still very young but kind of the confederate flag and nascar kind of coincide they go hand in hand and it's kind of and i've heard people that have 
uh, like been around a while say they never thought this day would come. So this is honestly, we talked about change a lot in our last episode. Uh, and honestly, this is a big part of change in America. This is a big first step, especially if you have NASCAR taking down the Confederate flag. I mean, some people thought they never lived to see the day, but you know, it's good to see changes happening in America. And this is honestly something that I believe should have happened a, a while ago. But then again, I mean, at least change is happening. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I just got back from spending the weekend uh, Washington DC and pretty much with everyone, you know, I talked to on the Hill, they were saying that, you know, this, the killing of George Floyd is definitely going to be one of the biggest events in American history. That's going to change, you know, the way we see uh, civil rights in the United States, especially like within the sense of the you know 21st century. Um, so, you know, the biggest thing that's now come from it, of course, is, the attitude that's not only surrounded the Confederate flag now, but also a lot of Confederate kind of uh, rooted statues across the United States uh, where during protests, actually a lot of, you know, these statues have been torn down uh, and hasn't, you know, during these events, it hasn't necessarily prompted swift police action as maybe, you know, destruction of other uh you know, buildings or, you know, government property. So yeah, I saw think... Columbus, I saw Columbus got his head chopped off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, <laughs> I know apart he wasn't from... a big Confederate because he came before all of that, but he got his head chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from like the actual structural vandalism, of course, you know, there is definitely also some, you know, less than structurally based vandalism that's going on with these statues too. So, Oh yeah. Know, whether that, or not yeah. you know the degree to whether or not these statues and other kind of you know structures that idolize you know more conservative thought on thing you know on points of civil rights you know they're definitely being kind of defaced in at least some yeah. manner so i mean it's kind of a it's kind of a weird situation because there's no definite right answer it's kind of it's really an opinionated answer whether you think it's uh correct or not but you i've seen let me ask you you saw uh they asked trump about it he had a comment so what do you think of the the u.s bases that are named after confederate leaders what do you think should happen there um you know with just kind of the changing changing tide tides of things you yeah. know i think these bases should be renamed otherwise you know they're just going to be more you know problems i guess in the united states you know protests are going to be going on for longer and everything you know just to rename these spaces and essentially just kind of wipe you know less than positive you know attitudes towards civil rights you know out of kind of this social landscape of the united states so i definitely think the bases names will be changed at some point yeah um but given the attitude of the Trump administration towards, you know, just renaming the bases, I don't think that's going to happen like within the next year or so, you know, mm-hmm. just because, yeah, just because of course, you know, the president, you know, of course is considered the commander in chief and therefore has, you know, a strong amount of oversight over the military. Um, 
Yeah, I think Trump made it pretty clear he wasn't going to change the name, at least while he's in office. So Yeah, and that's definitely telling of his response towards the civil unrest in the United States. You know, it's a big, the entire Trump administration's uh, stance towards race relations in the United States has just been like one huge soft corner move. Like, he has not acknowledged anything. He, you know, has not taken like a stance that, you know, a normal president might where their duty is to kind of, you know, comfort the people so much as he has just uh, tried to, you know, start up his campaign again where he's, you know, using a lot of the same tactics where uh, he is just kind of like grandstanding toward his base and, you know, very self-indulgent, so. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, there is to consider, though, while we were we were kind of touching on the protest, there is kind of uh, well. First, first of all, El Presidente Trump is in Texas right now, so in Dallas near me. So Dallas, shout out, Shoot. shout out. You gonna um, you gonna go see him? Uh, probably not. Probably not. But I do think it's kind of funny. I do think he made a few appearances, but this is his first like big appearance, isn't it, since Corona? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. First, like, major public kind of yeah, rally. He chose, he chose Texas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> huge um, Texas guy. Huge. But, uh, kind of touching on the protest there, why don't we transition into kind of the coronavirus? For, because for some, um, some are saying, like, once the media stopped covering it, oh, it kind of, it went away and it wasn't as prominent of an issue. But aren't we seeing some spikes and and uh most of the states in the united states yeah uh 21 states now have been reporting new cases of covid okay uh which you know obviously is really not good no. <laughs> given you know the position that a lot of states are in to try and reopen but also not to say that protesting isn't you know yeah a moral thing to do in this situation but take it with a grain of salt because a lot of, you know, the COVID, you know, increasing COVID cases are happening in states where a lot of protests are going down. But uh, we do also have to look at that. It's probably, it's certainly a hundred percent is not only the protests, but also probably due to the fact that states are opening up more and more. And honestly, some people during this opening up aren't taking it seriously and not wearing masks. And therefore that's, main reason that the virus could be spreading is that not right yeah definitely i mean i think i think just the kind of general social caveat that comes about is that people have been stuck in their homes now for the past four months yeah and you know if i was being stuck at home for four months i'd be pretty annoyed which i have been because you know i don't want to be in quarantine for you know the rest of the year um and I think a lot more people now are tapping into that with what with states kind of starting to ease restrictions. They're not, um, yeah. you know, completely lifting them. But like a lot of people want to kind of exploit that opening process to the point where they want things to go back to normal. But my, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. I just, there's a thing to look at. I mean, you looked at the protests and I'm not saying anything bad about the protests, but you look at, at the protest and you see like it was basically 
everything that during this whole quarantine that we were not supposed to do was being done. Isn't that right? Yeah. And so basically this is kind of, I guess the case study to see in three weeks kind of where we are and like what, what the coronavirus and being in together and that close proximity kind of had an effect and kind of seeing how that, if the numbers spike, if it's the same, I mean, this is a big kind of case study, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely the three weeks are going to be telling of, you know, what the future will bring, but they're already, you know, forecasting a resurgence in the fall just because, uh, you know, the virus has uh, kind of a better survivability in colder weather Mm -hmm. just in general, um, which is one of the factors that they were taking into account. Um, but now that cases are already skyrocketing or you know, starting to skyrocket in the U.S. now with, you know, people, one, not having as much respect for the previous guidelines and two, uh, kind of getting together more and more in these protests. You know, it's really going to be interesting to see how the next three weeks will affect, affect the next three months, really. So only the next three weeks, what's what's to come. But yeah, uh, they're still working on the vaccine, I heard. But uh, I've heard a lot of people are volunteering to uh, get the vaccine injected in them to see if it works. I mean, people are coming. People just want this to be over. So people are coming out the wazoo to, you know, see if it works or right. make sure make sure it help help make sure it works. I yeah, definitely. But um. Okay, I have a question for you. So we both are in college, so this fall is definitely something of topic. So what would you suggest colleges take the necessary precautions? What do you suggest they would do this fall? Well, the first thing that I would suggest would be a modified schedule for the semester. Yeah. Where, you know, we'd go back, uh, you know, it's bringing – for colleges that are still considering actually going back and, you know, ones that haven't, you know, already declared that they're not going back. Um, I think kind of the main, you know, scheduling that a lot of schools are taking into account would be to go back early to mid August and then just go all the way through until Thanksgiving break and not have a yeah. fall break. Um, so I could definitely or see Labor later. Day, no Labor Day too. Yeah, no Labor Day. Wow. Uh, essentially, like, no breaks up until uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving break, which, I'd, honestly, that would be, like, I'm so ready to go back to school. We already missed, like, we've essentially, this is essentially, like, the end of summer break right now. So if we literally went back to school tomorrow, I'd be so down. <laughs> I think uh, the rest of America is kind of kind of with you there, Andrew. Yeah. Um so yeah, I definitely think that's one of the main uh, kind of strategies, I guess you could say, that schools are considering. Um, another another thing when it comes to actual classes would be that uh, that classes class sizes would be staggered in the sense that half of the students would be in class on one day of the week, and then the other half would, you know, still listen in a class, but through like Zoom or WebEx. Yeah. Um, you know, just to kind of split people up. 
Now, since we go to Ambrose, St. Ambrose is kind of a smaller school relatively to yeah. a lot of the big public uh, colleges. Like our situation is definitely going to be a lot different than say Iowa's or Texas, Texas A&M. So like for those big schools, I would definitely say they have a, they have a higher chance of spreading because obviously more people, but like their, uh, their class sizes aren't as, are going to be probably twice or three times as big as ours. So that could be a lot harder over there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the whole like models that stu- that schools are coming up with, they shouldn't be like one size fits all. Yeah. You know, there are def- you know, definitely different factors of course to take into account. Um, so I would definitely, I would say that like with public schools with populations of, you know, over 15 to 20,000, I'd definitely say that uh, just not coming back to school would definitely be, you know, a more viable option just to kind wow. of, uh, you know, just to account for so many factors that are at play, you know, apart from just the sheer population of students that are going to be in a relatively confined area. Yeah, I did um, see, I did see Arizona has, it's, very uh they have their own medical center of course because it's big school medical research center and they, they've been prepping for a while and they're prepared they say they're prepared but they're i say thirty thousand, i think go to arizona so they they got a lot to worry about there yeah definitely um but yeah i don't know that's the way the way that you know any one school that will you know and how they'll react to the coronavirus is going to definitely be interesting because you know I, de- I think that a smaller school like St. Ambrose definitely has the potential to reopen yeah. in a safe way. Um, you know, but again, one size doesn't fit all for every school. And I think true, we're going to see you, like a lot of different outcomes for each school. True. I, that, I think it'll kind of be like the coronavirus when it first hit in each state, kind of each state was in quarantine, but kind of, into the rules to what uh, was particular to their own state and I think that's exactly what's going to be done with the colleges here don't you think it's it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all like you said it's going to be uh kind of a fitted hat you gotta right you gotta right. fit it to your uh own head so yep so yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see what will come next yeah, there are definitely going to be some safety requirements that are going to be a little tedious and not things that we're not used to when we go back, if we do get to go back. Um, so, I mean, that's, but we got to understand that it's for our own safety there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we have in politics, what we have coming up in sports. Sports. So, why don't we, let's start off with the NBA, um, MLS. Okay, I'll touch on the MLS real quick. The MLS, the major soccer league, uh, major league soccer in uh, the U.S. is coming back, and they are also joining the NBA and Disney. So we got two major leagues going to Disney. Yeah. It seems like the place to be. Evidently, they want those Disney churros, huh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Huge churro guys. <laughs> I mean, Disney's got some things down there, but um. I think it's going to be interesting having not one league, but they're having two leagues down there. So, I mean, and I, and I bet, 
And it's even weirder that the MLS is starting July 7th, which is almost a full month ahead of the NBA. However, yeah. the NBA the NBA will be down there around then. Actually, the, they'll be down there exactly when the MLS starts. So what do you think of that, Andrew? I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting the way they, uh, you know, use space there. Uh, and do you know if they're going to have fans for either they're, of the sports? I don't think they're going to start out with fans, but I also did hear a rumor that later in July, they're opening the park for, like, for the park purposes, like rides and stuff. But really? they're gonna they're kind of they're gonna close off the centers where the NBA and MLS are. That's what I've heard. Dang. That's, so that's definitely gonna be on. interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should make a reality TV show of what's going on down there, man. Honestly, the pressure is definitely gonna be on Disney because if they like make <laughs> one wrong move, it's just game over. It's lawsuit city, baby. Lawsuit city. But, um, okay, let me go over some numbers for the NBA for you guys. Um, so, basically, I mean, these are all tentative dates, but the players are going to have their own training camps in their own respective markets or the cities where the team is, June 30th. Then they're going to, from July 7th through 9th, all the teams that are going to Disney are going to be arriving there 7th through the 9th. They're all coming at different times, so there's no, no chance of, like, they all uh, – there's a little outbreak when they all get there, um, which is honestly pretty smart on the NBA. And then they're going to have to quarantine once they get there in Orlando for 36 hours. And then after that, they can resume uh, training, and then there will be two to three preseason scrimmages per team before the eight games start. And then – daily testing for everyone there. And I've heard, Andrew, I've heard they are not going to do the big uh, – the one where it goes halfway up your nose and into your throat. So that's that's going to be key for them because I don't know if I would want to have that done to me every day. Really? I mean, I mean, there is definitely, like, the question of comfort, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, but then they, you also they, have to – you also have to question, like, what's effective. And I feel like yeah, – but- they say they said um, uh, mouth swabs or something like that. It's definitely they're definitely going to be precautious for the players, but they may they may have uh, have a different different alternative. Yeah, I mean it's awesome that sports are coming back, but I just yeah. hope like the way that they're doing it is going to be done in a safe and you know actually like viable way of you know potentially identifying people that need treatment. No, I definitely agree. Um, and something that has come out, the NBA start date has now been moved up to July 30th. It was originally July 31st, the first day of games. And now it is a whole big change of one day earlier. <laughs> so Dude. big changes, big changes in the NBA. One day earlier, July 30th, the start date. Um, and some reports have come out that some players are pretty weary of uh, going to Orlando and completing. Now, I've heard most of these reports are from players that are on teams that know they're not know they're going down there not to compete for a championship. So the that will be kind of teams like the Wizards, the Suns, um, maybe per se the Magic. I don't know, but I mean that's kind of interesting. Uh, that's another factor that could be in this players simply refusing to go down because they don't want to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, then you also get like 
that's going to open up an entire new debate about like contract agreements. Yeah, no, they said they would not pay them if they did, but they would also not be punished if they decided not to go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be real interesting. So you could have you could have guys not going, you could have guys out with corona, and you could have guys out with injuries. So it is definitely going to be an interesting time down there in Disney World. Yeah, we might have uh, some politics news from that later on. Wow. Well, you know, preview? Well, well, preview? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just got to see what's to come. I mean, yeah, fair enough. So um, that's really all I got for the NBA. I just want to say I'm just kind of really excited sports are back. I mean, it's in basically two months, but, hey, we got to realize that we can't really think radically and normally about this because these are so uh, irregular times. So, you know, you just got to take what you can get. Don't you agree, Andrew? Definitely, definitely. So that's all I got really for uh, NBA and MLS. Really excited for NBA. Um, quick note on the MLB. They're still working things out over there, although the MLB draft was last night. But they're still working things out. They got they got a little to do. But I feel like Rob Manford did say yesterday baseball will be played. So that's some hope yeah. for you baseball fans. I think, I think the main question now is are they going to go to Disney World or Disneyland? <laughs> I mean, you know? hey. If you got two teams already down there, you might as well just put a third. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. But realistically, no, that would not be ideal if they went to Disney World. <laughs> um, okay, Andrew, let's talk about uh, soccer across the across the pond. Oh, guess shoot. Who's, guess who's coming back today? Actually, From in an hour and a half. La Liga, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sevilla plays Real Betis. I mean – not sure many people are going to tune in to watch that. Although Sevilla is third in the standings. Did but, you just say? Uh, did you just say Sevilla? I mean Sevilla. As as someone who comes from a Hispanic background, you said Sevilla and not Sevilla. <laughs> what? Ah, uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one to live down. But uh, of course, it's Barcelona, Madrid at the top, separated by two points. And uh, Atletico Madrid is straggling behind in six, so they got some work to do. But, I mean, you want to watch considerably the GOAT, Messi. People say he's the GOAT. We won't get into that, but he'll be back in action. When is he back? He's back on Saturday versus Malacra. So, should be – should be interesting to see uh, how everyone comes back over there. Now, we're going to talk about the Premier League, which will be back next Wednesday, Andrew. I know you're psyched about that. I am so psyched as a Tottenham supporter. I'm ready for this league to be over. And for Tottenham to, of course, qualify for the Champions League first, but... I mean, if you know, first of all, let's just acknowledge Liverpool ran away with this thing before coronavirus was even thought of. I mean, they <laughs> they're almost forty points yeah. ahead of the second place. So. They, were, they were announced as winners like the day after they said they were going to suspend the Premier League. Yeah, I forget I forget yeah. what date they set, but they already like two month two three months ago they already set a date for when. Liverpool is supposed to like pick up their trophy and medals and everything. 
Yeah, definitely no one's catching them. So Premier League is all about the race for second. <laughs> um, we love a good race for second. Good race for second. Gotta love it. Uh, yeah, your Tottenham's in eighth right now. They got some work to do if they want to qualify for at least Europa League. They're, yeah. But they're the four points that, behind Europa League spot, Man U, right now. So they got a big game against Man U. Yeah. Thursday? Thursday, I believe. Yeah. No, Friday. Yeah. Friday. Friday. Yeah, so, that, that Champions yeah, League qualification. The Champions League I mean, qualification is huge, huge. Definitely huge. And I heard that just about every Premier League team has lost about a billion euros worth during this pandemic. So, yeah, they definitely need that Champions League money. Um, okay, real yeah, quick. Give us something to look for yeah. when Premier League or La Liga returns. Honestly... I would definitely say that for a lot of the leagues right now, the winners are definitely, you know, chosen essentially already, mm-hmm. just because of the circumstances with, you know, lockdown and everything. Um, so I would say like the major thing to look for is just transfers, you know, even though clubs don't really have any money to begin with right now, there's still going to be some signings and, you know, they're probably, they're not going to be huge names like, Cristiano Ronaldo going to Tottenham, which no will never <laughs> happen. Shot that happens, absolutely no, no shot. shot. So keep doing no that. But you know, you're definitely going to see some kind of more tactical changes on teams where they're signing kind of younger talents to hopefully you know boost their kind of you know defense or midfield or wherever. A big thing though, just you know following. Uh, transfer news with Tottenham even though the club is down like insane amounts of money they're still targeting Olivier Giroud from Chelsea I mean the more like, guy 50 isn't he 50 it might as well be might as well be <laughs> I mean he definitely shows up for France still which France supporter yeah. okay. I'm there no Panama <laughs> all the way baby Panama not even playing like <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago for second to last place I'm sorry, we made, the, we made the World Cup, buddy, and the U.S. didn't, so. All right, all right. If that's the standard you want to use, go ahead. <laughs> hey, I'm just spitting the facts here, man. What happened? Okay. But, yeah, I, I definitely say, like, the major thing to look out for, you know, over the summer at least is transfers. Because right. not really too much is going to be happening with the leagues. I mean, you're not wrong, and it's going to be interesting. It's in it going to be interesting to see not only in soccer but every sport around the world how this pandemic has affected the money used to obtain free agents in every respective league. Because that's going to be that's going to be pretty big. Uh, yeah. The losses they had in money, and they use that money to buy their players. So it's going to be very interesting to see this coming summer, fall, and spring what happens. Yep. Well, uh, that's about all we got for sports today. You got oh, last segment. How could we can never forget last segment? Tweet of the day, our staple. Andrew, yeah, why are you staple? Start us off. Start <laughs> us off. Uh, so again, I got stuff from the Hill talking that's politics. Your, that's your sports. guy. That's your guy. You yeah, you got a lot yeah, of stuff Hill, from- Honestly, I remember it's like a couple episodes back talking about like what news sources to follow. If you want to follow like a good moderate, you know, news source, follow the hill because okay. you know, they're pretty, right there. Yeah, they're pretty decent. 
just waiting on that hill sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> um so they tweeted uh if Lincoln was here, he'd tell you to believe in the exceptionalism of America, which I think is uh, kind of a weird thing to say with everything that's going on. Uh, yeah. You know, Lincoln is widely accepted to be kind of one of the you know major talking heads in American history on you know the abolition of slavery, which uh, for Kevin McCarthy to be quoted in this tweet he's the he's the leader of the republicans in the house okay. uh you know for him to say something like that is definitely in line with the party views at least with you know trump's views on this matter and you know it's really just kind of you know tweet that shows the sign of the times in regard to civil rights divisions between the u.s and well in the u.s i should say uh you know how they're affecting policy today yeah i mean the hell always always falls through man right always that's a that's a good great tweet um i'm gonna go sports today is the 23rd anniversary of the flu game michael jordan's flu game which became known during the documentary as he ate too much pizza game but uh my was the tweet from the chicago bulls yeah i thought no because i remember like that was a there was that was like his second flu game wasn't it his second yeah, like yeah, but flu this, game. this is the one they're talking about this is the one they're talking about oh, okay um 23 chicago bulls Uh, at Chicago Bulls, 23 years ago today, and L. Michael Jordan had one of the greatest performances, 38 points, 13 and 27 shooting, and a finals win, and he hit the go-ahead three. So, I mean, Mike, you know, it's just Mike. Go watch a documentary if you need to see anything else. But um, in honor of the flu game, man, great times. Yeah, it's got to be like Mike. Hey, can I have said it better? Can I have said it better? Well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, thank you guys for joining us. And don't forget now, you guys can contact us uh, at our email that is in the description. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you.